0: All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Bible Quest, the Tuesday edition. Uh, I'm your host, Jonathan Sadler. Um, So today we've got Scott Smelser with us. How are you doing today, Scott?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Good to see you. And Justin Dobbs is with us. How are you, Justin?
1: Doing well, thank God.
0: Good to see you guys. Uh, And Dan Bunting will Lord William be joining us here in a few minutes, and so he'll be joining the discussion later on. But uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. So, Scott, what are we talking about today?
1: Yeah. So uh, a few minutes ago, I asked the panel to be thinking about what dangers face young people. And I asked each panelist to think about one common danger. Young people face dangers and done stupid things, you know, ever since Cain killed Abel, uh, at whatever age they were. But there's there's some repeated patterns that are worth us watching for. But then there's also some new threats. And so I've asked each panelist to focus on talking to us about one common, just over time, recurring threat and one rather uniquely threat that some people may not be noticing because it can sneak up. The first category, as we grow up, learn some of those lessons. Sometimes we did stupid things, sometimes our friend did stupid things, uh, but we saw that. But then other things are coming along now that maybe some people haven't seen. But I want to say this before we get started. This is not just for parents. I just, I just, I'm, let me throw it out this way. Guys, how many people can you think of? You don't have to give a number, but maybe just some number. How many people could you run into who, when they talk to you about their life? the person that made a difference in their life wasn't necessarily their mother or father. You know, people like that. This guy. Yeah. So grandparents can make a huge difference. Uncles, aunts can make a big difference. Bible class teachers can make a big difference. Uh, The the man or the woman that just takes time to get to know kids and give them somebody to talk to, and open up their homes in hospitality. Um, Elders, uh, elders' wives, just just Christians in general, old maids, uh, all sorts of different things, um, can do wonderful things for young people. And so as parents, we should be concerned about young people. But if we're not a parent, we shouldn't say, I'm not a parent. I don't care what's going on with young people. There's young people that we interact with, that we can influence, that we can mentor, that we can help counsel, that we can give a secure place to and help them learn. All right, so with that, having been said, uh, let's start off not with new threats, new unique threats, but some old threats that just tends to sometimes mess up young people What does the Bible say about it? How can we help them? Somebody pick one and let's go.
0: Uh, I can start. So in, um, I'm going to be reading from Ecclesiastes 11 and and into 12, but kind of introduce the the thought process. Um, Usually, young people, uh, and I was trying to think of how to word this, that they don't think of the future um it's it's the here and now it's you know living for myself and maybe there's even a thought that's like I'll kind of live it up right now but whenever I get older I'll start being more serious start you know bringing bringing myself in but now is the fun time you know and I no rules just kind of live my life um Solomon talks about that a number of times in Ecclesiastes but I think you can see it most clearly in Ecclesiastes 11 just his instructions and his his um, advice concerning that type of lifestyle Uh, He says in Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 9, rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. So you can stop reading right there, and you're like, see, (laughs) Um, you know, live happy, uh, do whatever you want, Uh, you know, your your youth is a blessing, Uh, and it is, but then he goes on to say, uh, walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that that for all of these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart, put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life or vanity. Uh, he ends much differently than you would think that he would, based on the, the beginning of those verses. But Solomon's instructions are, you know, you can live your life and take advantage of the blessings of being young and being able to do more and maybe having more time, more energy, and those kinds of things. But remember, God is going to judge you for all of that. And I think, you know, I'm still very young, I'm 27. I don't think very much about the end of my life, um, because if things go according to plan, I'm not even halfway through my life yet. Uh, You know, I'm not not that close to the end. Uh, But we need to train ourselves to think of life as what it is. It's just a mist, a vapor, it's here for a little while, and then it's gone in the grand picture of eternity. That's easier to see the later you get in your life, maybe not all older people see that, but it is easier when you're when you're older. But as young people, you don't remember that. And so Solomon continues building on that in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1, where he says, Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you say, I have no pleasure in them. And he starts describing kind of the downhill nature of life, that things get harder, things start breaking, things aren't going to go the way that you plan as, as life continues to go on. Um, and so one thing that I just want to share, and then if you guys want to talk a little bit about this too, that's been really impressive to me over the last few years is being able to be a part of some different like summer camps, where there are young men that come like age like nine to 18 that come, but especially what's impressed me are like the nine the year olds to like the 12 year olds how mature and thoughtful and and open to challenge and growth and really curious about God's word and wanting to grow in that how much those those young guys are like that you would expect that like a nine to 12 year old wouldn't be very interested in learning about God or learning really about anything they just kind of want to do their own thing Um, but what's really impressive is kids kind of desire and yearn for that challenge to grow and be challenged and 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 uh, you know, apply themselves in those ways. And that's, I think Solomon's instructions here, whenever you're young, you're a sponge for knowledge and you have a lot of energy. And so use those advantages to prepare yourself and equip yourself for things that will happen to you later on in life when life is more difficult and you can't retain as much information or you can't do as much physically or, or whatever else. Um, but it's easy to overlook that when you're a kid, when, when you're young, um, to just think I've got all the time in the world, I'll fix this later. Uh, start playing the foundations now, I think is what Solomon is saying. Do um, you guys have thoughts or comments about that?
1: Life does go by really quick. So I'm going to mention that a song that was a pop song ages ago before you guys were born, but it doesn't seem that long to me. So uh, Billy Joel had a song, Only the Good Die Young. And he's trying to uh seduce this girl and said i'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints remember only the good die young which seems to hold out the idea that you referred to you can grow up and do different things later but right now go for it yeah, yeah.
2: i will say uh i just i turned 36 back in february um and uh, i went to the doctor because i was having some pain in my elbow Um, and I explained to him what the pain was and what had happened. And he said, well, he looked at my chart, you are over 35. And I I'll tell you, I, I just did not expect that response. Um, and I will also tell you, and this surprised me. I got sad about it. Like I, I, I seriously, he he left the room to go, uh, tell somebody to come back and give me x-rays or something. Um, but I thought I was going to cry. <laughs> uh, and it seems silly now, but um, I think it's, it's spot on that when we're young, we may, may think that this is what life is. And it's it, life is not 15 to 20 to 25. You know, if everything goes according to plan, I still have a lot of my life left. Uh, but John talks about uh, the, the glory of these uh, young men, Uh, Proverbs talks about the glory of young men is their strength, the glory of the old men is, you know, is their gray hair, their silver hair, they've they've got some years and some wisdom. Uh, So if you're just putting all of your focus on the here and now, and you're trying to, you know, gain 40 pounds of muscle, men, or you're trying to fit into a certain size of clothes, women, or you're trying to get whatever young accomplishment that that is, you're really missing out on the whole focus of life. And Ecclesiastes Really pins that as uh, those solid nails the shepherd has given us that we look to the Creator
3: well one one thing that kind of springing from Jonathan's uh, idea uh, that that uh, that I wanted to talk about that that is a common. Issue. This is a this is a lifetime issue, and so it fits a lot with what Jonathan said. Just your perspective right now, how things, uh, how you view things right now, is going to be limited. It's a small site. the The longer you live, the longer your sight can be, and the better your understanding and wisdom. Uh, one idea about that is, is that uh, what you are in your heart, or in your character, or in your attitude, uh, those habits are simply just the habits that you have right now. That isn't necessarily who and what you are completely. And so the big point there is, is that especially when you're young, you have a lot of time still left to change who and what you are. Uh, If you grew up with an angry dad and you know that you have an anger problem, that doesn't mean that you always have to have an anger problem. There's a lot of times that it feels like, well, what I am at 16 is what I'm gonna be for the rest of my life. And then when you turn 18, you realize how little you were at 16. And then when you turn 20, how little you were at, at, at 18. So there's a lot of opportunity and chances to, uh, when you get right down to it, stop being a fool, uh, stop being lazy. You can get up and take the opportunities ahead of you to make, and this doesn't have to be spiritually minded ideas, but you, know, you can get up and, and uh, the way the world says today, you can be anything you want to be. Uh, that's kind of a silly statement. Uh, there are some limits to what we can be. Uh, but you don't have to be an angry person. You can work on that and you can change that. You don't have to be a timid person. You can go out and try new things and broaden your perspectives and meet new people. You don't have to be someone that's um, uh that, that's that's down and suffering uh, uh, problems. Depression comes in a lot of different ways. Sometimes there's cl- chemical and clinical depression, and sometimes um, there are milder forms that are environmental and you can do what you can to get yourself into a, a good, healthy uh, lifestyle and around good healthy people. And I think that that's a that's a really big deal because once you are, married and you have children and you have the job and you have all these big commitments that you're uh, dealing with, if you hadn't begun at 16 or at 26 to say, I I need to work on my anger problem, it's going to be really hard to work on your anger when you've got kids pulling on your legs and a job pulling your life apart. Um, That's going to feed your anger problem. Uh, If you're a timid person and, and don't know how to take risks, You're not going to be very feel very uh, when you're married and have kids. That's not a safe environment to get out there and take some brand new risks. And so there's a lot of opportunities when you're young to work on who you are, work on your heart and your attitude. And you might change a lot or you might just give yourself some wiggle room so that when you are married and things are slowing down and complicated, you understand. Oh, I I know what anger is like. I know what I worked on in the past to help with this, or uh, I've taken some risks in the past. So I have a good sight to say, this is too risky of a job change, or this is just risky enough. This is, this is a good opportunity and I can handle this risk. Um, It's, it's easier to practice that when you're in your teens and early 20s than later on in life.
1: Something that you said tied in with something that Jonathan said for me and about this. Um, and that, well, I just had a senior moment; I lost it. <laughs> but it went there. Why don't you go ahead? I'll come right back to it. In a minute. You know when they pray about having a happy recollection of you know, the things you're prepared to say? Oh yeah. I think of that; I'll be happy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, one thing, um, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, the one of the dangers I think biblically we see young people facing is the idea that because we're further along not in age but in the ages you know we we are more advanced um, you know we are we are the future and so people of the past don't know as much as as we do today and and I will say that I think that has probably um, accelerated because of our advances in technology and we look back 20 years ago and we didn't use smartphones for crying out loud what was wi-fi uh 50 years ago a hundred years ago you know people are just starting to use the horseless carriage Uh, and so those people were idiots and and you know we wouldn't say it in those stronger terms those people were incredibly intelligent they could do a lot of things that i don't know how to do um but there's still a tendency, even thousands of years ago, to look at the previous generation as not being with it, not not knowing what I know, because I'm young and I am out in the world more, maybe, and I see more, perhaps, I think, than others do. In, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 12, uh, Solomon's son, uh, Rehoboam, becomes king, and his advisors are coming to him with this counsel. You need to change the way the the monarchy is working, the way that you're leading the country. And he listens, but then he calls in his younger advisors and gets their input. Uh, and you see him weighing the two. And it, it turns out to be this really foolish decision. Um, and and the kingdom splits as a result of that. Turns out that I was using that, of course, because it was a punishment of uh, the idolatry that was in the nation. But that's just a common theme throughout scriptures. In, in the book of Judges, the, the common theme throughout that everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. But that gets repeated in places like Proverbs 14 and verse 12. And it's repeated again in 16:25. Uh, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And, and throughout Proverbs, the father's trying to get the son to listen. "You know, listen to me, listen to your mom. It'll be like a garland. It'll be like a pendant around your neck. It'll be good for you if you just listen. Uh, in chapter 13, in verse one, a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Uh, you, you've got a, a, a young person who thinks, yeah, yeah, I'll sit here and I'll take it. I'll listen to my teachers. I'll listen to my instructors. I'll listen to my parents. And when i'm out of here i can do whatever it is that i want to do that's just foolish it's just absolutely foolish um in chapter 18 proverbs 18 verse 1 whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire he breaks out against all sound judgment the idea that i don't need to ask anybody for advice i've got this figured out but the truth is we are in a a culture and this maybe shifts into something else we wanted to talk about today was how does this look at a modern way, um, I think our technology has really worked against us in some of these ways where I can check YouTube or uh, whatever social media I want to and get advice from people. When we isolate ourselves, we're really just saying, I'm exchanging these advisors, my God-given advisors, uh, parents, grandparents who would do me good if I listen to them, I'm exchanging that for the influencer on social media. Uh, and that's such a danger. It, it's shortcutting. It's getting around the God given advice that we should have. We have a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn uh, from people who've lived just one, to two generations ahead of us. It thrills me when my children talk to me about their friends who are the 50 and 60 and 70 year olds in the congregation because those are the people I want them to learn from. Yeah,
0: and inside of that, there's that feeling which you kind of mentioned. Justin already, uh, that that almost everyone has where you you do what you do because you think you're right. Um, And maybe that's especially prevalent in young people, but it's just this feeling of like, I'm right, everyone else is wrong. And like, my parents are wrong, my teachers are wrong, you know, the the, uh, Bible class teacher is wrong, you know, whatever else, but like, I'm right, Um, and I don't need anyone to show me that I'm wrong or to help me kind of evaluate myself because obviously I'm right. You know, I chose to do this thing. And one of the first things that Proverbs, the book of Proverbs says uh, in Proverbs 1 and verse 7, says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, you know, it's a it's a foolish thing to not want to be taught something or learn something from, from people, especially people that are more experienced in a particular area than you are or wiser in an area than you are. But that's just... Uh, a pitfall that a lot of people face. You know, I I'm never wrong. Yeah.
1: And so we need to encourage young people to do two things. One, have some humility and realize that they're young, but not be humble because they're young, be humble because you're white. You know, when you're middle aged you need to be humble. When you're old you need to be humble. It's just the right thing to do. But also to have courage and to be addressing your character and role. And this comes back to what Dan was saying about what young people can be doing to make progress now. Um, Justin, and I'll come back and finish that for a minute. Go ahead. And
2: on that too, I think it's important that we should be encouraging old people, uh, older people. Um, I've heard from older people who think, I just don't understand what people go through today. No, you do. <laughs> and, and looking at it through a biblical lens, you can get right to the heart of the matter. Uh, I, I wanna encourage all old people that are listening is there are young people in your lives and they need your wisdom. And if you can find a humble way to express that, uh, please, please do.
1: So you take a young person and, and they can get this arrogance where they don't wanna work on their character. They don't wanna do what's right. They just wanna party. They don't wanna listen. Of course, all that's negative. But sometimes we don't need to as older people treat people that are young like you don't know anything they should and they and if they don't they should learn so that they do um, timothy i think the some of the textual clues in the chrono- chronological clues i won't detail now unless somebody asked but i suspect timothy may have been a teenager when paul took him with him uh, that was in the late 40s, and by the 60s, he's still referring to Timothy as a youth. Um, and, and then you have Josiah, who at age 16 sent a charge to serve Lord. Young people can do great things, and and Paul told Timothy, don't let people despise your youth. The message to youth should not be that where well, you can participate in life when you're 25, 30. No. They've got a lot to offer right now but it'll be more effective if they will realize just like the four of us and you sitting home we don't know it all yet either uh so I, i've tried to encourage young men in particular i tell them like the high school boys i said you're already working if you're planning to have a family you're already working on your family because what's a family made up of When a man reaches father, mother, and creeps to his wife, and they are one, and if they're blessed with children, then they will have children. Well, the 15-year-old boy doesn't have children yet, and he doesn't have the wife yet. But where's the husband and father of his family? Sitting right there. And this is the time that he can be preparing that for the worthy, because guys want a worthy woman. But what's it going to take to attract a worthy woman? Where they matter yeah, yeah. So, there's so much that young people can do, and we should encourage them to do that and appreciate the great, great contributions that that they can make. I remember when I was a teenager, I would be told repeatedly, or maybe 19 or 20, uh, well, Scott, you'll learn the truth when you get older, Scott, you'll learn the truth when you get older. And the particular things they were arguing for, I still don't believe, you know, (laughs) either I'm not gonna learn it. Or what bothered me was they weren't showing me the text clearly. They were just telling me I would learn the truth when I get older. So one of the first places I went to work with, they asked me to work with them. I said, listen, I'm I'm just a kid. I know that. I'm 21 years old. You guys have wisdom. I don't have. But don't ever tell me on a biblical subject. I'll learn the truth when I get older. Don't make me wait till I'm older. If I'm wrong about something, show me the text now. You know, so I can learn it now. Uh, but, so don't put it down. Young people don't act like they don't have some to contribute. They've got so much to contribute. But they need to realize that 15-year-old, at age 17, he's going to know more. At age 19, he's going to know yet more. At age 21, he's going to know yet more. And by the time he gets to his parents' age, he'll know a lot more. And that needs to be put in perspective.
0: Who's up next?
1: Um,
0: I I think so. We've been kind of dipping in a little bit to like some modern more modern dangers, um, and something that Justin said, maybe thing about what I, what I was thinking about of uh, just how technology has been a really great blessing, uh, really been helpful in a lot of ways but also is very hurtful and destructive uh in a lot of ways um and one of those ways in particular um that young people face but not just young people really everyone uh, needs to be aware of uh, is the danger of pornography um and just how rampant and easily accessible pornography is um, and how destructive that it is uh and and i just want to read because i think this is helpful um, Solomon's not talking about internet pornography, obviously, whenever he's writing Proverbs 6. Um, but I think there's really good principles here um, that also tie into some of the other things that we've said. So I, I just want to read this section. It's Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. <clears throat> My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them to your heart always and tie them around your neck. And when you walk, they will lead you. And when you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and a teaching, and light, and and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life, to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest, and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals, and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes to his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he's hungry. But if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. And he will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. Um, I think there's just a lot of really helpful images that he uses there. I want to focus in on two. Um one is what he says in verse 27, Proverbs 6, verse 27. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? And it's a really easy principle to understand. The closer you get to fire, the more chance there is of being affected by the fire. Um, and so if you're carrying some fire really close to you, it's going to light you on fire eventually the closer that you get. Um, it's the same thing with sexual sins um, and sexual temptation and, and specifically pornography. Um You can't, and a lot of young people, I think, can maybe develop the attitude that like um, this isn't affecting me. This isn't affecting anyone else. This is just a thing that I do sometimes. It's not a big deal. um, It doesn't have any ripple effects. It's it's not really changing me, you know, kind of thing. Um, That's just a lie. Um, Pornography negatively affects you, whether you believe it does or not. And it has ripple effects into your relationships and lasting into your life and will destroy parts of your life if you don't cut it out. Um, and I think that's just a, an easy principle to see from here. And then the other one that I want to point out is, uh, in verse 32, he's talking about adultery, but he, I really like how he says, it. Solomon is just very blunt, uh, in, in the proverbs, but in verse 32, he says, he who commits adultery lacks sense. Um, it's not cool. It's not fun. Um, it's, it's not, uh, you know, wise, it lacks sense to engage in sexual morality to watch pornography. One helpful thing that I think I read in a book, I think it was in the book called Finally Free, um, about you know pornography and just seeing what pornography for what it is. Uh, if you think that pornography is a victimless thing or is a cool thing, imagine if what was happening in the pornography industry, those women that later on down the road, that was your daughter um, that, that grew up to be doing those things. Um, and just how disgraceful and disgusting and angry he would be at the people that were doing that and, 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 you know, endorsing that and that sort of thing. I think that helps to put a perspective. Like those are, those are people that should be holy and pure and made in the image of God, engaging in sinful activity. And they shouldn't be used to, you know, pleasure myself or, or whatever else. It's just a, a, a disgusting, terrible thing that's so easy to access, um, and so, you know, parents, guardians, you know, adults, be aware that our technology can easily access those things. Kids know how technology works; they know how to get access to those things, and it can happen in just three or four clicks. And so, you know, be aware of that. Um, but also, um, now I lost the thought that I was going to say. So, I i am going to think about that. But you guys, if you have other things you want to say about that, Justin, I think.
2: just just one thought on that too. It, it doesn't have to be labeled as pornography to be sexually impure, to be morally impure. Uh, j- just because it wasn't uh, sold at a particular pornographic store. Uh, I don't even know people go to those anymore because it's so accessible online. Uh, our, our internet access has made these sorts of things we think um, so that no one can see what we're doing. That's also probably not true. Uh, even if it is true, God sees. But just because it may not be fable pornographic, the music that we're listening to, the movies that we're watching, the books that we're reading, the media that we're taking in, uh, the world sells as art uh, and God sees it as ab- abominable. And I appreciate you using the word disgusting. It takes what God created as pure and holy and good and it twists it and drags it through the mud and sells it at a high price and it's the cost of your soul. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not worth it. So even if it's not labeled as pornographic, uh, is this training me toward holiness and toward appreciating the good gifts that God gives? And if it's not, get it out. What are you going to say, uh, Dan?
3: Just, Just a little point and to reiterate why this is a new problem, because the problem of pornography is an old problem. But I think one thing that is a big difference is when I was a younger guy, Uh, The line was, don't go to those bad stores, don't go to that section of the gas station, don't go over there where the pornographic material is. And those rules absolutely failed when the internet was invented. And so that's why a lot of older, older men who abided, they were abiding by those rules. Those rules meant nothing. Uh, The reality is we needed rules much closer to our heart to prepare ourselves for any change in the environment. And when the internet came out and started showing up uh, in in people's phones, uh, everyone who failed had had put the rule, put the barrier in the wrong spot, and and we needed to be we needed to have those in our uh, much closer to our hearts. Don't just stay away from that store, but don't let my heart get interested in that direction.
1: I want to share, and I'll try to be careful how I say these things. I understand there may be some kids watching, and you have a mixed audience watching. So I want to be careful about how I say these things. But the idea that pornography is a victimless crime. Um, there, there's so many people victimized and trafficked involved in it. But then what it does to the person watching it and what it does to relationships that they have and stuff. I'm going to give you just a couple of examples. Um, some of the elite universities have started offering counseling for particularly young men in the university for their pornography addictions not because the university is concerned about morals or that a man should wait for marriage and leave his father and mother and creep to his wife no it's because they've become incapable of having a genuine relationship with a, a physical relationship with an actual physical woman, because they just they, they corrupted their minds so much. And something else I didn't realize until just recently. Uh, so I'm reading a book about the transgender contagion by the Wall Street Journal reporter, and she made a point that I was aware of. I don't, of course, of course, I don't watch pornography, but it turns out one of the things that she uh, attributes to being one of the cause of why the transgender movement is so popular now among adolescent and young teenage girls is pornography. And she said because when girls see pornography they see the type of pornography that the boys are watching and sometimes they're exposed to it and much of it today the book said includes violence and, and choking and they said that one of the big porn sites doesn't even have a specific category for this type of thing because it's just all across the board and so young girls are exposed to this and they see women being hurt and, and treated horribly and, and if they think if that's what being with a man is like I don't want to be with a man and it helps push them out of the desire to have a, you know, look forward to being a wife and a a mom and that type of thing, because it's just so corrupted, just.
2: That that fits with every other sin we've seen uh, in scripture, is that we go, we go to this thing thinking that it will give me pleasure, it will give me meaning, it will make me feel fulfilled and honored, and it will give me glory. And so we go to this thing and we make little sacrifices. Proverbs 5, actually, as we've read Proverbs 6, Proverbs 5, helps us see another, you know, I I gave myself to this thing and then it took me. Uh, There's this progression. Um, But that's what happens in the Bible with idolatry. I don't think the first idolaters said, let's see, where's my firstborn son? Let me offer him on the altar. Um, It was little by little until we went more and more extreme and more and more extreme. And so it wasn't just sexual impurity, that didn't satisfy, well, I must not be doing it right. And so we do things, we don't, we'll end up in places we never thought we would. And so back to Jonathan's point, the internet is a, a modern accelerator of the evils of man. So I'm now introduced not just to how far I would take it, but how far my, my next door neighbor across the world would take it. You know, multiplied by millions of people, millions of people. So yeah, that that is a, a problem. So maybe one of the solutions we might suggest to people, um, I think, Dan, you're right. We put the boundary in the wrong place. Jesus also talks about cutting out, off the hand and plucking out the eye. And so while we're working on our hearts, get rid of your phone, seriously. Get a dumb phone. Uh, put your computer in the living room. Give your password to somebody who can check your access. Do things to get out of there. Don't go near the door of her house. And so, right now, it means don't go near wherever it is that she's waiting for you. Uh, Don't be stupid about it. And and that's what Solomon says about this youth he sees looking at his window. He's like, I I saw a fool straying near her, her street. You know, I just wonder what's down this street. You know what's down that street. Stop it. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some work to do in our hearts and it starts with a desire. Uh, we need to learn to desire God and desire his ways. Uh, but I need to be able to give myself the space to work on my desires by limiting my access and my opportunity to sin. Uh, I think that's got to be said.
1: I'd like to bring up one current danger in this book I'm reading is, and, and just having to start dealing with some girls that are being swayed by some of these things. Um, The book that I'm reading is Irreversible Damage. Uh, It's not coming from a biblical perspective and there's some things in it you and I would not agree with. Uh, For instance, it it allows for considered appropriate transsexual surgeries in in certain cases Uh, et cetera, yet having to do with the age of the child and different things. But so it, it doesn't begin with a biblical framework, but it talks about the, the contagion of why suddenly there's so many young girls, adolescents, and teens who want to identify as trans. And it's just going through and showing that it's very, very different from what within the medical community used to be consider what they call gender sport, and it's surprising some of the things in there and you're seeing it in the news too like I heard just this today or yesterday or so um, about a girl being invited by the teachers to a secret club and don't tell your parents and she was told in the club if there's any part of your body that you feel insecure about or not comfortable about. You might be transgender. How many people, if stop and remember how awkward you feel in middle school, in early high school, There's just a lot of awkward things that happen. And some of that awkwardness is what prepares us for real life. But it can be really awkward age. Now stop and think how many people of any age have some part of their body that they feel insecure about or uncomfortable with or whatever. I guess the word they use is uncomfortable. And so they're manipulating these young girls who again, if their impression of male, female heterosexuality is the pornography that their brothers or cousins or whatever or their dad is watching, and that looks horrific and abusive to women, then that pushes them away. But statistically, as she goes through and talks about hundreds of cases she attended, these girls, they're not sexually involved girls. They've never been sexually involved. A lot of them have never kissed a boy. A lot of them have been good. But it's, it's not that they are, they've tried one thing and now they're trying something else. It's that it's being pushed over the internet and in the school system. And it cited, I think maybe it was was a teacher's union in California, some union group of teachers who voted to immediately put in a policy of allowing minors to be taken from school to a clinic to get hormone sex reassignment therapy and be brought back to the school without letting the parents know. Minors, and these were teachers in favor of doing that. Um, And this is, some of these teachers are just just ignorant, kind of woke, going along with things. Some of them, some of them are pedophiles, some of the teachers are. I mean, you just see every once in a while in the news, a school official, teacher or whatever, who's been arrested because of what they've been doing with the students and such. There's a lot of really, really bad things going on with it but it's become so that um, girls tra- identifying as transgender in the, in the United Kingdom between uh, maybe 2009, 20 something, over about a 10 year period, the incidence of this di- diagnosis went up 4,400%. They said, and it's often in groups There'll be a circle of friends, maybe, and all of them will end up identifying as trans and different things. Um, and it's it takes advantage of people that are feeling awkward, feeling uncomfortable. And if you've been made fun or criticized, you can suddenly get in the cool club. And you can't be set up criticized there, and all the teachers will celebrate you, and all the students must, you know, Except that and so it's, it's like one girl in Britain said lesbian that's 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 not cool that's 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 like that's like a porn thing the cool thing now is trans and schools are pushing it. not every school not every, every teacher but a lot of schools are pushing it and we've got girls growing up having that I'll say one more thing to get to Justin's comment the internet influencers and it lists and names a bunch of. Them. And they tell the girls how to lie. They say, you know, they tell them to lie. It's okay to lie. They said, but here's what to, for you to get started on your male hormone treatments. Here's what they will need to hear from you. So you need to tell them that you've always felt this way ever since you were little. And these girls didn't feel that way when they were little. But now the, influence, the YouTube influencers tell them. Here's what you need to say doesn't need to be true. This is just what you say to get just testosterone. Go ahead, Jesse. Uh,
2: this is, so I'm tracking with you, it's kind of along those lines. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing from you a, a different kind of danger that's, uh, I think, fundamental to what you're describing this modern movement of, of sexual obscurity. Um, I think the world really who wants to separate uh, parents from children. Yes. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm not advocating homeschool, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying that that's the only godly way to raise your children. Now, uh, we, we homeschool our children. My wife was homeschooled. I was public schooled. Uh, I have a, a degree in language arts and secondary education. And so I've, I've been in public schools as, a, as an educator, um, at least in my training. So I have a perspective on, on some of that um but just start adding up the numbers and how many hours a week we we give our children over to daily instruction from people and we actually don't know what they're teaching we don't know behaviorally what's happening in the classrooms we don't really understand the influences that they're around Uh, and then to put on top of that, all the extracurricular activities they get into in middle school and high school, um, and then the friends that they make, uh, 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 I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible that you can we can send our children to public school. But I want to I send my children out into the world as lights. I, I don't want to send my children out into the world to get doused by darkness. And I, I think there's a really, we're going to have to put hard. Uh, to spend time with our children, to influence them. And, and so part of these dangers, whether it's YouTube and online influencers, uh, it works both ways because what happens is with any spare moment I do have with my children, maybe I'm on my phone, maybe I'm not actually paying attention to my family. Uh, this, the world is working hard to keep generations apart so that we're not talking to each other We've, we've got to spend time with our children.
1: Scott? Some of the recent movements have even said, and some, some of the founders have said, that our goal is to destroy the nuclear family. Uh, a professor in the University of New Mexico, I think it was, said several years ago, we've got to get rid of the idea that children belong to their parents. Uh, the President of the United States said just the other day, addressing some of these type of issues, he said to the teachers, when those kids are in your schoolroom, those are your kids. And so we really do have some real, real serious dangers along that way. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says, in the beginning, he created the male and female. They looked at what he had made, and it was very good. And he had said, he had made it eat from Adam's rib, and for this cause a man shall leave.'" His father and mother and cleave to his wife, the two And you know, the the, in the law of Moses condemned men wearing women's clothing, women wearing men wearing men's clothing and such. And there were distinctions. There's distinctions in hair and uh first Corinthians 11, there's distinctions in dress, there's distinctions in roles, and it's being attacked all over the place. Help young people. To to help support families, support families having tight units, because the tighter the family is, the less these things have a chance to tear it apart. And help young girls to be glad that they're young girls and look forward to being young ladies, whether they choose to marry or not, to be glad that they are female. And help young men to be glad that they're boys and to grow to be young men. Well, any final comments for Jonathan Rouse? All
0: right. Well, thank you guys for discussing those things. Um, Thank you to our audience for tuning in. Uh, If you have any other questions or thoughts about any of those things that we discussed today or any other questions you'd like us to talk about, again, you can visit our website, BibleQuest.tv. And you can ask us those questions. We'll be happy to get to those in future shows. But that's all that we have for this week. And so we'll plan on seeing everyone next Tuesday, Lord willing.